Hey, Adam. Yeah. Um, are you feeling burnt out yet? I, I think I am feeling burnt <laughs> out, but I'm going to try to embrace the burnout. Yes. Well, we've got a very exciting kind of burnout to add to your palette of being burnt out. So you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice burning its way towards your <laughs> eardrums <laughs> from we- our sure microphones. Okay, so sometimes, Peter, when you do as many podcast episodes as we've done over the past How many years, have we we've done? We've done like 750, man. We've done a lot of podcast episodes, yeah. a lot of podcasting. Uh, and, and yet it feels like everyone is the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Sometimes magical things happen. Yes. Like, we meticulously planned out an episode today. Stay with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all about burnout. Yes. And then I didn't get the memo, the kind of burnout you were talking about. So I might have put a bad vibe on things. Well, then everything but in our in lives past, burnt out here at once. <laughs> we, for those of you who missed it live on YouTube, we went to go, we went to record this episode, and everything stopped working. Yeah. And uh, you saw Adam Manis have a panic attack live a on the bit. air. A little, a little bit. bit. No, it was it was actually. It's uh, it's just part of the it's part of the gig when That's you're doing right. live shows, and it's people th- might think there's like three producers in here with us because everything no, looks and sounds so good. Two producers. It's just you and I, and we do all the music. And you're and my bro, the- so we're the bro producers. And uh, and b- to be honest, I'm really just here for the espresso. So it it's gonna happen. But it was a fortuitous thing today as we started recording. A this what thing? Fortuitous events Ooh. that as we re- started recording our episode here on burnout. That literally we started to burn out. But I yes. feel good now, man. I'm ready to go. But you know what? A, a nice little side note that we can learn from that, and we just want to talk about it real quick. When you get these little mini, mini burnout situations or little little stumbling blocks as performers, and look, we're, we're all about getting better every day as musicians, That you know, mu- music advice, that's what we do here. You'll hear it. Um, but it doesn't matter how much you plan, how much you practice, how many voicings you know scale fingerings all these great things that we talk about once you get into a performance situation you know what they say stuff happens and there's even another way that they say it sometimes yeah and so it's not about you know are things going to go wrong things are going to go wrong on doesn't matter what level doesn't matter if you are you know taylor swift or beyonce things are going to go awry at some point and then it becomes how do you respond like can you get yourself out of that burnt out that mini burnt out stage back into the zone of being prepared to edify and entertain the audience because that's what it's about. So as much as learning the technical aspects of music, improvisation, the theory, the harmony, sound production, all these great things, those are so important. But you want to sprinkle in a little bit of real life, like can you can you stoically continue on? Can you soldier on in the face of adversity? I think that we showed today no, we cannot. <laughs> no, we definitely can't. I mean, hey, this, that's yes, of part of being can. an improviser is painting right. yourself into a corner and seeing if you can get out. That's right. That's kind of the fun of it. So yep. luckily for us today, man, yep. uh, all the heavy lifting has been done by one of the greatest pianists of the 20th century, Kenny Kirkland. Yes. So we don't actually have to do very much of anything. We can just put up here uh, two down, one, uh, one across from Kenny Garrett's songbook album here. This is a transcription by Max Gamis. Now, before we get into it, I just want to explain the burnout thing here. Yeah. So when I started uh, working here at Open Studio and we started hanging out and talking about music, you mentioned something from Black Codes in the, in, uh, Black Codes from the Underground, and yeah. you said, it's oh, it's a burnout. It's, it's E minor burnout. Right. And I was like, 
I never heard what? that. I never heard that term before, but I knew exactly what you were talking about yeah. as soon as you said it, because that's exactly the feeling that it is. It's a burnout feeling. So maybe you could describe f to folks what a burnout might be. Well, I could just play it, and, and that would be even better as a way to. Oh, um, sorry, triggering, <laughs> triggering again. That's triggering. You yeah. know what? This is how this is how we help each other. I joke because I love. Um, yeah, no. So burnout is you know it's a style that really originated. I would say more with um you know the miles davis classic quintet sure. with wayne shorter herbie hancock yeah. tony williams um and ron carter you gotta put mccoy and then mccoy and, Tyner, and john coltrane, john coltrane yeah, quartet yeah. for sure and certainly earlier you know ornette coleman yep. i think in certain respects but i don't know that it was ever called burnout I'm, i want to say that well the first time i heard about it and it kind of felt like Wynton marsalis brand for marsalis kenny kirkland uh, Kenny Garrett and a lot of these great young young lions in the 80s are the ones who coined the phrase you know maybe a jazz historian from yesteryear could correct us on that but that's when I first heard it that's when I first heard about jazz too so I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean burnout like so it was describing something that the young lions in the 80s kind of embraced and used as a real starting point and and a foundation for a kind of renewal of that style and a building upon it as well i mean they, they certainly like the Wynton marsalis quintet they, and then this is actually from the 90s so this is a kind of an extension not the various earliest days of burnout even but with kenny garrett quartet but i think you know jeff watts like a lot of times burnout people talk to thinking about what is the harmonic implications the melodic implications and it's really more about the rhythm you know it's the speed it's yep. almost always fast yep at least here you know but but maybe here one two or a bing, you know, but a minimum of kind of a medium up. It's situation. got some pace to it. It's got a little pacing to it, and it's usually one chord or even yeah. just even just a note, like kind of one tonal root. center. Yeah, yeah. E a lot of times burnout. we would say, yeah, exactly, F burnout, E flat burnout, D burnout, and I believe, as I recall, man, I used to do a lot of burnout, but I believe like C was kind of the standard. Like if you didn't say if it was just like burnout, you'd kind of go to C. Um, you know, not mandatory, but it'd be kind of like whatever the piano player, you know, mashed down. Yeah, whatever first. you hit yeah. down in a big old fifth. I mean, let's not, let's yeah. not do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when we did our episode on our favorite albums of the 90s, Kenny Garrett's songbook was on that episode. And Max Gamis, you know, Max, who's our resident transcriber, yes. he'll just like text me like, hey, I just transcribed like, you know, Kenny Kirkland's entire solo from this. And I'm like, yeah. OK, cool. <laughs> and uh, but he was like he, he texted me with with this excerpt from Kenny Kirkland's solo from two down, one across from Kenny Garrett's songbook. Yeah. And he's like, but I don't know. Should I be putting chord changes? He's doing all this <laughs> yeah. harmonic movement. Yeah, Do yeah, I yeah. mark the chord? And I'm like, he's like, what are the chord changes? And I'm like, oh. This is just E flat burnout. Like, right. He right. didn't know about it. And it's it was fun to like hear him like stress about like, what are they doing? Yeah. But it's really just you have one tonal center, as you said, and then you can play off it. Shall we listen to this? Let's and then we do can it. talk about Let's it. Now I have. Right, here's here's to hoping. Me like E. That doesn't sound like E flat. <laughs> that does. Kinda. 
it goes on <laughs> from there. But again, yeah. so Incredible. right, so they're not. Yeah, and it's just amazing. So they're not thinking E flat minor this whole way. Obviously, uh, you can hear Kenny Kirkman. What he's doing there is building tension by taking it off of. I mean, most of it is centered around like this E flat minor seven business, right? Yeah, and also that six nine. He goes. To, it's almost like you know that G flat C F. Does he have it written? Is that? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of that kind a lot of, of that. And actually, Kenny, you could see Kenny Kirkland's moving that shape around. But then at a certain point, like around here, like he'll completely abandon it, usually yeah. from one side chromatically or another, yeah. or maybe even something like a major third away or something like that, like right around here. And then kind of bring it back and home. And then bring it back. Yeah, let's hear that again. Mm. Uh, we'll even pick it up a little bit before. That's very E-flat e minor-ish. Right. So what's going on through here? So we can kind of analyze this a little bit here. Yeah. So here, right here, this is definitely, I think, kind of E minor-ish. You can see here E yep. minor 7-ish. Slipping up. Slipping, slipping up, up. All the way up here. So G, B, B natural, D natural to F. like, And then like F7 sharp 9 there going into the, when he goes up high. Yeah, when he goes up yeah. high, F7 sharp 9, or which it might be, he's thinking B7 even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all through here. Again, this might be F7. So thinking about slipping up and down chromatically. Mm. And then I love this part here as you... Woo! Man, the rhythmic resolution on that. So let's hear that. And, and, then, and then what he go? I mean, the the structure of, like, because Bernard doesn't have, uh, you know, a set form, uh, or seemingly it does it, but it actually, like, normally moves in units of four bars, eight bars, 16, which are very symmetrical. Mm. So within that, there's a lot of opportunity to really stretch and pull, certainly harmonically the whole time and even rhythmically but like where it resolves is always interesting it's very rare that it's like right on one it's always like like and it's almost like a new orleans kind of bass drum on the four kind of thing that works into that so it's interesting you say that in the uh oh is that something that interests you it is because in the daily got a practice session we're spending all this month on rhythm and we're talking about something that i've uh been talking about called uh, uh, the the quarter note um, syncopation, mm -hmm. and this is something you hear. It's the it's the big four. come on, that's my jam. What? But people like Thelonious Monk, brilliant as he was, would take that, and of course, like write melodies around that quarter note syncopation. Now we're gonna go. We're actually we're gonna. This leads right into '80s burnout, right? It's the same. It's this. It's coming from the same place. So if you think about like gong gong gong. That's exactly that big four. If you think of something like Again, I love that big four, but it's even in things like down. Right? So so he would displace it even beats two and three and then beats three and four like things like that and that kind of quarter note syncopation mm. i think is what really gives this that swing that hump so like you described him resolving not unlike that's too square right but this resolution with this like syncopating the quarter note like that's 
answering yourself with that quarter note syncopation. Yeah. And he does it right here in that section we just listened to with these octaves. Like not only is he taking it out harmonically, but rhythmically too, he resolves himself. And Check and you know, just to be clear on this, like the reason what, what Adam was just describing, what you were just describing, um, the reason the syncopation still resonates on the four, because we might think, well, don't we want to be on an upbeat of like the eighth note? But because... It's like whether we're slowing it down to kind of hear, well, like when you're singing, yeah, because it's yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit of a longer syncopation. You always still have those opportunities for the smaller syncopations with the eighth notes, things that you're playing, but that foundation underneath is is over the quarter note yeah come join us over on open studio pro to, to practice these things we were also kind of geeking out on the again it's a quarter note syncopation it's like that quarter note is used at the end of the rhythmic phrase mm. to put a punctuation on it. It's not the same as like an eighth note syncopation. Right. It's almost not as powerful. Right. Like an eighth note syncopation is almost like these jabs, yeah. and then you throw the haymaker with the quarter note. Right. Go, go, right. It's just a nice period on the end of the sentence. Yeah, and I think that you can, I mean, and you'll see that Monk did this great in terms of the way he would build up his souls and that he'd have that underlying quarter note syncopation going, yeah. and then he'd move away from it and be doing like faster lines or eighth note sync, but you still would feel that. And sometimes the drummer would play it, but even if it wasn't played, it was still kind of resonating there and is really part of the form. But I think for this, you know, for the the burnout, that's the whole thing because it's like the, the drama of it is that it's set up very square in a way, eight bars, eight bars, eight bars, because it almost always resolves like that. Yeah. But it, in, in actuality, Kenny Kirkland never resolves it like that. Like, And, and Jeff Watt, I mean, look, Jeff Watt is really the captain of this. But they're using ship. this. So this is the thing. All these guys are totally schooled in like the tunes of Monk yeah. and Bebop and exactly what we're talking about here. So it's when they resolve. Can I play this phrase here with the with the quarter notes? They don't like to your point. It's not so square, just like the harmony is not so square. It's always E yeah. flat minor yeah. robot. Check it out here. Dorian. Ooh, that left hand. And then he resolves before he gets there, actually. Well, that's which is so cool. And look at what he does to resolve right here. It's yeah. a big four. It's a big four. If you'd had one more five, if you'd get one more, it's a big five. You'd be on the safari in Africa. No, you, then you'd be on the one, and that'd <laughs> yeah. be lame. Uh, but uh, one, two, three, four, five. But I mean, honestly, wow. if you want to, I mean, that's that's what's so beautiful about these great players is like you know you talk about how I mean how advanced is this and and contemporary, especially for its time. Yeah, you know what I mean. But how much it it's still like the history of the music that swing that syncopation is always there. Yeah, it's really and then look at that. He hits that in that next bar. Uh, can you can you just play the last two bars or right right where you were on that line? To the, yeah. So there he's going right into he's already into the eighth note that the very next bar the eighth note syncopation. Bip bidu bang. See on that and yeah, the three. Yeah. But look at look at all this, look at how he uses the double stops. There's still that mm. quarter note syncopation. And then spreads it out. And then then McCoy, McCoy Tyner, McCoy Dragons comes to town. Dunk, 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 dunk. Yep, it's awesome, man, and it's really it's fun to. Uh, you could pretty much take any Monk tune and find this like this quarter note. You could find the big four or the big two or the big three or whatever it is you want to call it. Yeah, 
But to That's hear so cool that it's like now we're seeing this is the first time I'm realizing that Monk might be the originator more than even Miles or McCoy or Coltrane of the burnout era. I mean, it's it's the bit. reason why his original compositions, I think, are so influential. If you learn them, you essentially learn the rhythmic vocabulary of the music. Right. You know what I mean? Well, fun fact, during this time, kind of mid 80s, when the Wint Marsalis Quintet, Branford Marsalis, Charnett Moffat on bass. Kenny Kirkland on piano, of course, Jeff Watts on drums. While they were playing all this great uh, burnout and really, you know, kind of codifying that sound, um, Monk was telling me and a number of other young aspiring musicians, Monk, check out Monk, check. And I remember I was always like, wow, that doesn't burn out. Yeah. Why isn't he? And I would be like, what about Herbie Hancock? Because I'm well, like, this is why Winton asked, like, told you when you were a kid, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Think about that. Well, he didn't explain the other part, but I just blindly followed, so that was good. But it's like a whole education. I mean, you could think about it's all that. It's giving you that big those big tools, and you could you could take pretty much any monk tune, but you can. And it's so cool to hear that in what we would think is this like oh, it's like. You know this, this this edgy random burnout music. Can you put it back up here? We can listen to it one more yeah, time. Yeah, of course. But it's all of that is here. That rhythmic vocabulary is here in the history of it. Yep. And then combined with all of that harmonic vocabulary of taking it out, slip and slide. Let's hear it one more time. Okay. Wait. Hold up. We got to play. <laughs> so big gang, like the way that Kenny, like okay, Kenny Garrett's rhythmic. You know, the saxophone is an instrument that that really just blossoms and, and shines when it's been played with like a rhythmic kind of clarity that we would normally associate with percussion instruments. But Kenny Garrett, Steve Wilson comes to mind, of course, John Coltrane, many, Wayne Shorter. But that like Kenny Garrett right there gets that rhythmic flavor in a way almost like and then yeah. Jeff Watts. And it's not about like robotically playing it together, but they set it off. So well. It's beautiful. Let's hear it again. Yep. Uh. Can you pause for just a second? Yeah. Okay, I want to say, can I say something controversial? Yeah, please. Is this social bubble here? Okay. No one's going to hear um, it outside of this? Be oh, careful. No, okay, we're, on, we're live. So I would just say this since we did talk a little bit about failure today. Kenny Kirkland, obviously not failing here. Wait, who's failing? <laughs> but there is a little bit of, um, hey Adam, over here. Um, <laughs> there is a little bit. He's kind of, dare I say, floundering a little bit. Not not floundering in that he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's not quite digging in. Check it out. I'm gonna stop you right where I hear it, if that's okay. That's right in there. Ah, uh, killing all that. So that little part there, like he's a little tentative, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, this just shows you like you can like he doesn't let it phase him at all. And it still sounds great because of what he goes into next. It's almost like a dramatic thing. He probably didn't plan it like this, but he's a little bit rhythmically unstable. But because he's got that core time and temperature. Controversial. A little controversial. Sorry. I don't know. Play it again. Tell me if you, if you don't agree. We can we can duke it out as you say. I mean, he gets right back in there so fast, though, you know. I'm not criticizing. I'm actually saying it adds to it, you know. I mean, it's because it's only juxtaposed 
because his his regular eighth right. note is so heavy and exactly. so locked in. Exactly. You know well, that's what, I mean? what I'm telling. Like I tell a lot of students, I'm like, we, once you get good and you're locked in, it's almost harder because you if you vary. From, I mean, if if anybody else played those lines like that, you're like, wow, that's pretty nice. Yeah. That's good because that's kind of their normal flow. But because he's so locked in, when he gets a little bit, but it's the beginning of the solo. Maybe he was adjusting his headphones. Who knows? But it just shows him. I mean, I love that. It's kind of like a great basketball player dribbling that slips up and like lets his dribble go for a second. He doesn't let it phase him or her. No. You know, they pick it right back up and they're like coming even harder after that. Man, this is improvisation. This that's is right. not meant to be perfect. And also, by the way, he starts he, playing with it too, right? I know. His little slip up actually yeah. feels pretty great. Yeah, it's a little bit like. And then just heavy handed. And then he's just like, oh, you thought I was slipping up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Oh, I got you. Let up. me remind you that I'm Kenny Kirkland. <laughs> Setting it up already here. On this next part. Oh, I was <laughs> That's the end of it. No, man. I mean, but you could go through here and like, you know, that again, that big four. Even even that uh, you know like a three two clave. These like standard bits of rhythmic vocabulary are all throughout this. Even when you're slipping out in all this crazy harmony that makes you know like crazy sense. That's why these masters sound so good. And and you know what? This is all within our grasp too. Like we we. This stuff is super, you know, advanced conceptually, but yeah. there's a simple, simplistic execution to them. And sometimes looking at the transcription actually reveals that. I'm always surprised because, like, a lot of times the transcription can make things, until you dig a little bit deeper, it can make things seem more complicated. I mean, just the fact that you got six flats up there, that's already making me nervous and all these naturals and stuff. But if you look at, like, the structure of the solo and how it fits in within this kind of unstructured well, it's not totally unstructured, like we said, eight bars, eight bars, E flat, but unstructured in terms of where you want to go. The architecture and the arc of his solo starts to be revealed within the transcription. That's great, man. So we will have this whole transcription available to you here in the link once this is published. Thank you so much for sticking with us, folks. Peter, we did it. We pulled it out, man. I was getting burnt out. <laughs> well, you know, I was a little worried that it wouldn't. This episode wouldn't even happen because of all the the technical. Well, burnt did you press burnouts. record? Yes, you did. So well, let me check. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Whew, yes. Okay. <laughs> we recorded that. Thank goodness. Good. Well, until next time, you'll hear it. Shoot. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Made it all the way through. That's without, how we did it. Without even any noodles available <laughs> to us. I did air noodles. Didn't you air, air noodles. noodles.
Good. All right. Well, thank you guys, YouTube. I appreciate you guys sticking around and coming back on the other Woo. stream. You know, that's how we do it. This was all set up for you guys to learn about burning out. <laughs> Congrats, everybody, for making it through. That's actually really great. I mean, like I said, man, in the show, it's like you, you're dealing with some Kenny Kirkland on. Kenny Kirkland makes it all right. I mean, it makes can't it all go right. Wrong, right. That's right. It's like it's cool. Cool. All right. Well, till uh, next time. 